Hi everyone, welcome to the third episode of the Institute of podcast. My name is Marion Tilly and I'm the creator and the host of this podcast. Every Tuesday, I post a new episode on mindfulness, authenticity, developing a growth mindset and career development. So for those of you who are just starting to listen to the podcast now, I thought about introducing the idea of the podcast with a simple story of how I found my purpose. And I'm breaking down that story in different episodes um, so that you can get a sense of all the things that I've learned while I was finding what I was meant to do. Now, I'm aware it's a long introduction and at this point it's probably not an introduction anymore. But when I'm done with explaining and going through that story and all that I learned in my journey in the last two years, I have a lot of other topics to discuss that are quite exciting. So I hope you stick around because we're in it for the long haul. So last week I talked about intuition and listening to your gut. Today I'm going to talk about being proactive and how to actually manage that feeling that you just understood while you were aligning your head, your heart and your gut. There are different approaches to proactivity. I'm going to share with you today the one that works the best for me and that truly changed the way I react to things happening in my life. Let's start by saying that in most instances, it's our reaction to what happens that makes it important slash relevant or not. Now, before I go on, I just want to add a disclaimer here um, that there are obviously life events and very serious situations where even the most positive, mindful and relaxed person will struggle. And at this point, it's not about always being happy and always managing your emotions, but it's about knowing which events require a strong emotion and what are the other events where you could just let go. There are everyday moments that people would react differently to. There are moments where people would get very frustrated and some other people in the same situation would react completely differently. Proactivity in that sense is about recognizing why we feel that way and taking action. So it's not just proactivity in the sense that, you know, you have to take initiatives at work, even though that would eventually apply, but it's about first managing yourself. It's about managing yourself and managing those strong emotions because when you are angry and frustrated and upset at things you don't control, there's nothing you can do. However, when you reframe that anger and you reframe that frustration and that feeling of being upset, something that you can action and you can actually try to improve, that's where you reframe that drive, that passion that you have to something that you can change. It's the notion I want to share with you today. Shifting your focus from what you don't control to what you control is the first principle Stephen Covey wrote about in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I know some of you have already read it, so it'll be a good refresher on one of the most powerful concepts of the book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend you do so. It's full of great tips on how to manage yourself better. So Stephen Covey describes proactive people as driven by values rather than circumstances and feelings, while reactive people on the other side are impacted by their physical and immediate environment. Covey writes that proactive people are still influenced by their environment, but they choose their response to these stimuli. Reactive people do not have a choice since there will always be something outside that affects them. A good way to see if you tend to be reactive or proactive when it comes to managing yourself is checking the vocabulary that you use. 
Reactive people say things like, that's just the way I am or I can't do that. Proactive people, on the other hand, speak about looking at alternatives, changing approaches. They say things like, I will. That's what I mean when I talk about being proactive in the story of how I find my purpose. Uh, I realized that there was something that needed to be changed. And instead of saying, that's the way I am and I'm going to apply, I took into account the confusion that I was feeling to change my approach. So Stephen Covey doesn't just describe reactive and proactive people with the vocabulary that they use. He also looked at the time and the energy people spend on things that they control versus the things they don't control. He called that circle of concern and circle of influence. We all have concern in our lives, our health, our work, family, career, money, Trump, nuclear war, pollution. They can be put in the circle of concern. We can then separate the concerns over which we have no control and the ones we can do something about. The concerns that are in our control can be put in a smaller circle within the circle of concern, which we will call the circle of influence. Now visualize this. You have one circle in another one. The smallest is for the things you control, the largest for the things you don't control. Where you spend your energy and your time says a lot about whether you are a reactive or proactive person. As I said before, reactive people are being influenced by their environment. So they spend most of their time and energy focusing on what's outside their circle of influence. They focus on their circle of concern. So they blame circumstances, they blame the weather, they blame others' weaknesses, behavior and attitudes for what's happening to them. For instance, if they don't get the promotion they wanted, it's because of the hiring manager, not because they didn't do a good interview. So that negative outlook and the fact that they're unable to change things that they are upset about because they're focusing on what they don't control, make the circle of concern a lot bigger than what it should be. On the other hand, proactive people spend most of their time focusing on the areas that are within the circle of influence. They see outcomes to the things they initiate, so it's very motivating and they usually continue taking initiatives and continue focusing on those areas because they know they will have an impact. As a result, their circle of influence keeps growing and their circle of concern keeps shrinking. Let's take an example that everyone could relate to. Say you're leaving the office, it's quite late, uh, you spend the whole day working and you just want to get home. You have to go to the train station, but before you have to walk 10-15 minutes to get there. On the way to the train station, you find that people are taking their time, they're walking very slowly, they're shopping, there are loads of tourists and they're slowing you down. You're arriving at the train station a bit annoyed by all the people around you to find that your train is delayed. That's the last thing you needed because you wanted to get home early. That day, you get home a bit later than usual. Not that long, but still not as early as you thought. But you're angry at this point and it takes some time to calm yourself down. Or you could decide that you can't do anything about all the people around you that are walking because the weather is very nice and you do live in a pretty city. And you can't do anything about the train being late. So what's the point of getting angry? So instead, while you're waiting for your train to come, you open a book, you read the news, you play a game on your phone until the train comes and you get home in a much better mood than if you had been pissed off about it. So you can see that approach of 
proactivity is something that can apply to everyday moments as well as more important topics like your personal development. What is it in your career that you are refusing to change or improve and that you are pushing back on because that's the way you are or because that's someone else's fault? Take ownership of your emotions and how you feel and also making your little corner of the world the way you want and decide what to do there because that is what you control and what you can influence. So how do you do that? When you have a moment, take a piece of paper and draw first the circle of influence that is in the middle and then a bigger circle, which will be the circle of concern. I will leave an example on the page of the podcast so you can better see if you're not visualizing it yet. In the circle of influence, write down what you currently control. In the circle of concern, write down what you typically tend to be upset about but you don't control. Once you have a first draft, look at it and try to see what are the size of each. So you probably drew a random size at the beginning, but now that you've put everything, so all the examples in each of the circle, be honest with yourself and look at what's the size of each circle. What size should it have? Are you spending more time on the areas that you control or are you spending more time and energy on things that are out of reach? It's okay to do that over a couple of days to have enough time to reflect. You know, as usual, you need to start this process and subconsciously you will keep thinking about it until you have additional answers. So the brain is processing new information without you realizing it and you'll have new answers after a few days, after a few weeks. So that's why it's important to write down everything that you think of or everything you start for your personal development. Doing this exercise myself made me realize that I was spending way too much time thinking and worrying about things I didn't have any influence on, like for instance, job openings in my company. It also made me realize all the things that I had within my control, like my personal development and all the things I could action to grow, including asking feedback to others, which would be the topic of next week's episode. It was the first step for me to acknowledge that I had a choice and it was very empowering to know that I was more in control than I thought. That realization changed everything for me. It was the push I needed to ask feedback to others and explore my strengths and weaknesses to redirect my career towards what I loved doing the most and what I was the best at. Before I wrap up the episode, I'd love to share with you a few more tips on how to increase your circle of influence. These are things that I learned in the last two years since I started applying this principle. The first one and probably the most important is pick your battles. Whenever you feel like you're not in control anymore and that you get angry but you can't change anything, ask yourself, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? It rarely does, so let go of that negative feelings before it starts spreading to other areas of your life or even to other people. The second would be find your core values. If you haven't done it yet, define what's the most important for you in life. Work on your self-awareness and work on how you live up to those values. And I'm not just talking about, you know, saying that uh, fairness is important to you. Maybe it is, but maybe there's something more than fairness that is important to you. The third would be surround yourself of proactive people, be inspired by people who seem to have their life in control and look at what they do differently and what you could take for yourself. Another tip would be to change your language, remove it's not my fault from your vocabulary. 
Whenever you feel like you are slipping towards the victim role, stop that immediately and get that ownership back. And the last one would be to be brave. Being proactive is not about being perfect. It's about owning up to your weaknesses and being proud of what you still have to learn in life and that you're actually doing something about it. So I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. Don't forget to check the other episodes if you haven't listened to them yet. Next week, I will talk about asking for feedback and how to analyze the results. Not everything is always very constructive, but there are takeaways to be taken from the feedback that we ask others to then be able to create an action plan. For now, I'm going to leave you with the song that I've been using for the intro and the conclusion of each podcast, which is called Deserto by Pierpaolo Scuro. Thank you again for listening and for being here every week. Please check instituteofview.org for more content. I'll talk to you next week.